The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi there, welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and today I am here with Lisa Adams, who is the owner of Spirit of Namaste Health and Wellness Center. I got it right. right. Uh-huh. And they're found on the plaza. Uh, Lisa is a former nurse and is a, a wellness practitioner. Practitioner, sorry, does flotrition, which we can talk a bit about. Mm-hmm. And many other things at Spirit of Namaste. But we're here actually today to talk about Lisa's new book. It is called America's uh, Real Health Sorry, America's Real Healthcare Crisis. Maybe we need a more pronounceable name. I don't know. <laughs> America's Real Healthcare Crisis, and it's not what you think. It is definitely not what you think. The subtitle is addressing the cost of chronic unmanaged stress afflicting our hospitals, clinics, and first responders. And that's why we need to radiate peace, I think. Yeah. Because, um, you know, managing that stress starts with self-care, doesn't right, it? Right, You know, um, I've, I've been a nurse for over 25 years now, and I know what it's like to be in that life. I mean, we, we learn to, um, we're turned on from 6.45 a.m., until we leave at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. And, yeah. and it may be one urgent situation after another. We're bombarded by noise. We're bombarded by emotions. We're bombarded by uh, physical uh, strain, moving patients around, moving you know beds around. Um, so it's a way of life for us. So, so many of us, and personally, we, we don't know how to move out of that state of fight or flight. You know, we're ready for an emergency all the time. Well, you can't move out of it. Right. 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 And so how do you feel like this is affecting our healthcare system? Um, it's pretty huge because if you think about it, the, the, the people who are providing care, and that includes healthcare workers, nurses, doctors, um, nursing assistants, um, ancillary staff, x-ray technicians, um, all those people, but also our first responders, our police, our firefighters, paramedics, paramedics, mm-hmm. EMS, um, we're all in the same boat. You know, we're, we're, we're on the front lines. We meet mm-hmm. people in their worst states. Um, so if we are not in a state of peace, and well-being in our best state of peace and well-being mm-hmm. how can we teach these people and how can we truly help these people through what they need to move through oh, absolutely right. right because um you know you don't really get a break many times when you're a nurse when you're a first responder like that right. but you've got to be able to shift gears you've got to be able to recollect yourself right. there is something interesting here that you had in your book description online um, the human body needs 20 minutes to physically recover from the exposure to life-threatening emergencies and the suffering of others. 
20 minutes, I would have figured a lot more. Mm. And I think that 20 minutes is just the, the amount of time for your body to recognize, okay, we are safe. We right. can move out of this state of fight or flight from right. our sympathetic nervous system to a state of rest, digest, and ease, which is our parasympathetic nervous system. Right. And they work in opposition of each other. Uh, so that's the minimal amount of time that it takes to say, okay, reset. Right. Um, you know, I think maybe your thoughts are thinking, you know, a, a big scary emergency happened to you and you need a couple of days to recover. Right. Obviously, ideally... But in our world, in a healthcare yeah. worker and a first responders world, that's not a reality. No. Uh, so, so even if we can learn how to check in with ourselves throughout the day, yeah, and you know, have some little practices, uh, you know, about how to redirect our nervous system to stop responding the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even that little bit would be huge in creating change. That is that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so, how does this affect our healthcare? Workers when they don't have that time to rest and repair? Uh, great question. Uh, so in my book, I share my personal experience as a nurse. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I share some experiences when I was going through stress myself. So my early years were in pediatrics, and during the wintertime, you know, we were, we were just busy. It was nonstop admitting, oh, yeah. discharging, nonstop illness, and the, and the children were sick. So we're nonstop throughout the day. We're physically tired. We're mentally tired. It's emotionally draining to see these little people suffer and their families. Um, So if we can't rest and recharge ourselves, how can we be completely alert and at our best to assess these people, Mm -hmm. to give them the care that they need, to give them the attention that they need? You know, we're so wound up in what we have to do as far as tasks and trying to fight the exhaustion, you know, we're really not present. And the other uh, term I use in my book is presenteeism, and that costs oh. companies so much money. Presentee, presenteeism is... As opposed to absenteeism. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what is presenteeism? It means you're there, you're at work, you're physically you're there, but your mind is elsewhere. Right. Or you're exhausted, you know, when you have a chronic backache or you have chronic headaches. Yes. It's hard to concentrate on what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And then healthcare, first responders, you know, we have such incredibly physical jobs and we have such crazy sleep cycles. You know, so many of us are sleep deprived, you know, so we've got all these things going on. There's, it's just virtually impossible for us to be at our best. It, it, right. And everything is set up so that, you know, make sure you're not at your best. Right. Right. That's important. You know, and yeah. I think of got somebody very close in my life, my daughter's dad, who is a an emergency room nurse and works nights and is in a trauma center and I'm just having all kinds of thoughts about I always knew it was hard, but right. I can imagine just how hard that is. Right. Yeah. And you know, on the other side of it, and this is goes for police, firefighters, right, EMS, what we see in a day, you know, um may be hard to let go of. Oh you know? yeah. Um we get used to it. We see lots of things, and it becomes less shocking to us. But still, when you get home and you do power down, your emotions and your thoughts are still with those families and whatever suffering or, or trauma that you saw that day. You know, it just doesn't go away. And most of us are in this because we really care about people. We want to help them. Right. And so how can these people, the first responders, the nurses, the those in the medical field, how can they you know, use a, that 20 minutes to their advantage, perhaps, or how can they get out of that sympathetic A couple response? of things, um, you know, a couple of things that I teach in my wellness program are um, simply recognizing what are you reacting to? Mm-hmm. What are your stressors? Are these stressors, uh, are these stressors anything that you have control over? If I have control over those stressors, what am I going to do about it? Right. Yeah, and Am I willing to do those things that I can to create the change? Mm-hmm. And if you can, great, then you have a direction, and that should help you drop tension. If you don't have control, I say that's great, too. File it. Put it away. Okay, yeah. Use our, uh, our energy for something else. Um, the other thing is breath. Mm. You know, 
when we take a real breath, that's a direct message to our nervous system to power down. We're not being chased by a tiger, right? <laughs> if you see a bunny that's running across the road and it stops in the middle of the road, that bunny's not breathing <sighs> like this. Right. The bunny's probably breathing really short and shallow. And that's how most people breathe. When they come into my office, yes. as a nurse, I was constantly teaching people about how to breathe to help manage your pain. Right. Um, just to help you get prepared for whatever procedure you might be going through. Right. So if we can practice using our breath, you know, taking one to three deep breaths, when you catch yourself reacting to a situation, it gives you an opportunity to kind of reset and go, okay, let me think, how, how am I reacting here and how can I actually respond? Right, because sometimes we get in so in the, that moment, especially when there's something shocking, there's a there's an immediate emergency or trauma. We just kind of do freeze, don't we? Absolutely. And then just take a moment and figure out, okay, what's going on? Just stop. Right. But we can't always do that in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you talk to people in the workplaces? How are you getting this message? Out to the workplaces. So I, I've developed a, a wellness program specifically for the workplace. And, and in that wellness program, one of the first things we talk about is, what does wellness mean to you? Mm, so what, point. what wellness means to you or what would bring a happy life for you mm-hmm. can be completely different from what it means to me. Right. And what I've seen in my practice is so many people are um, chasing the chasing what wellness means to somebody else. Mm. So saying you're well and healthy if you exercise three times a week, or you're well and healthy if you're within this weight range, or you have this amount of body fat. So people have that idea of that's being well, or you eat whole foods, or you don't eat any carbohydrates. That makes you healthy or well. So right. we hear these things in the media mm-hmm. and in advertisements, but you know, if you don't know what that means to you, you're going to chase your tail. You're going to chase sure. your tail finding, you know, trying to do these things that you think are right and healthy, but it may not resonate with you. Right. You know, maybe healthy to you means that I have um, quiet time once a day, mm-hmm. you know, for an hour at 6 o'clock in the evening, and mm-hmm. I connect with my family. Mm-hmm. That may be part of your wellness. Right. So that's a huge part of it. It's very individual. So we we meet the people where they are. We decide, help you decide what does wellness mean to you. Mm -hmm. And then we go into um, teaching you about the way your body responds to stress. Good point. Yeah. So this is what I've seen in the hospital and with most of my clients is um, we all know we have stress. But we don't realize the extent to how that is affecting our body on a daily basis. And they may not be aware of how many stressors you're reacting to on a daily basis. You can be reacting to physical stressors, obviously. Right. You know, if you have a physical job or trauma, past trauma, present trauma, surgeries, chronic pain. Right. Uh, we create tension. It can be mental. Is it work, finances, mm-hmm. school? It's not anything that's actually happening to you. But right. we're perceiving it, and our body's creating tension. Absolutely. It can be emotional. Is it relationships? Sure. Uh, is it uh, grief? Mm-hmm. Do we hold on to that? Yeah, mm-hmm. mental illness, anxiety, depression. You know, I know I have this, and I'm trying to control it. It creates tension. And then we have chemical. Is uh, things that we put on our body and in our body. Mm-hmm. Is it reactions to medications, reactions to foods that we have right. sensitivities to? And some of these things we're eating on a daily basis, multiple times a day. Right. And creating tension in our body. So depending on how many stresses a person has in their life that they're responding to, if we can create some awareness for them, and if they understand how they're responding, then we can start creating some change in their life. Uh-huh. And so then we start talking about different tools right. to bring in. Different tool. Yeah, you posted one on Facebook today. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Sure. I, uh, stop, Drop, and Breathe is, is one of my favorites. It's one of the first things I teach people. And uh, Stop, Drop, and Breathe is about 
when you find yourself reacting to a stressor, uh, stop in that moment and just like I, I just said, is this something that I even have control over? Or even recognizing what am I reacting to? Sometimes we don't even know. Exactly. We've reacted and we don't even realize what it was exactly. in reaction to, right? And if we're reacting to one of these five, four or five stressors, which one am I reacting to right now? Right. Uh, so state, you know, creating some awareness. Stop. What am I reacting to? Do I have control over this? Okay, so that's the thought. The second one is drop. Drop your shoulders. Okay, and in this action of dropping our shoulders, check in with your body. Where, where am I holding tension in my body? Am I, in my response to this stressor, am I creating tension in my body? Right. And that's pretty huge because most of us go on throughout the day not recognizing where we're holding tension. Exactly. So stop, check in, what am I reacting to? Drop your shoulders. Well, and drop your attention too. Yeah, yeah. Right, drop your focus. To your body. What am, what's happening right now? How right. am I reacting? Are my fists clenched? Are my teeth tight? Right. Um, so checking in there. And then the last part is, is breathe. So most people forget how to take a real breath. As mm -hmm. when you see, a lot of people have pets, and if you have pets and the pet lies down, flops down on the floor, and they, <sighs> they do. <laughs> yeah, that's a real breath. It is. Uh, and most of us breathe like the little bunny. In that the road. stops in the middle of the road. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we hold our breath. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes we find ourselves, <gasps> I haven't breathed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the last one is breath. In through your nose, and then just let your mouth drop open, and let yourself make that ha sound, and try to picture maybe you have a stopper in your belly button, oh, and nice. pulling that stopper out, just letting all that air, and I suggest three nice breaths. So this is a nice, direct message to our nervous system. Power down, yeah. you're checking in with yourself, and now we have the opportunity to respond versus react. Right. Respond versus react, yeah. Right. And then we can have the choice of, when we know that we're responding rather than reacting, we have the choice, how am I going to respond, rather than just that reaction, and it may or may not be the right response. Right, right. And what you said about the choice is mm -hmm. that's what I see with most people is we forget that we have a choice. Right, exactly. We always have a choice. Mm -hmm. We feel like we don't because we're in this fight or flight mode. We just have to keep going. And we're kind of, you know, operating as robots. Right. But so it's, you know, stop, drop, breathe, check in, give yourself a reset. And this whole exercise takes maybe a minute, maybe at most. Yeah. Right. Well, and even in the medical community, in the medical field and profession, we, when we react, and I'm not a medical professional, but I'm just kind of using the collective weight, but when there's a, a choice to be made, it's like you do have a choice. It's like, oh, this person is bleeding. Then you have a choice of what you're going to do, but you have to be present mm -hmm. in order to make the best choice for that client, Absolutely. that patient. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, yeah. A perfect example of, of what you're talking about is I, I share in my book was um, mentoring a new nurse, and uh, I was on a busy orthopedic floor, mm -hmm. and we had lot, lots of people in pain. That's the big big deal on an orthopedic floor. People right. have had surgeries, they have broken bones, um, so uh, pain is a, big, is a big issue. And this young nurse came to me right after we um, just got a report on our patients, on our group of patients. And she came to me right after that. We hadn't even seen any of our patients yet. And she asked me, should I go and give, uh, you know, Joe Cool in room 339 his pain medicine now? And I said, have you seen him? <laughs> have you asked him? Right. <laughs> you know, she was so in that mode of a robot. Here's what I have to do here on my tasks. And she was nervous, and she knew that, you know, these people had big surgeries or injuries. So instead of just saying, let me go see this human right, and assess them as a human, how are you? 
Right. You know, uh, it didn't occur to her. So, right. And that's how we're training them. That's, we are we're bringing them every in four way. hours. You're supposed to mm -hmm. give them this, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than, you know, use your discernment. Right. Right. And you have the power. And I think many times when we realize that we do have the power to make choices, we make them more confidently. Right. And that alone can alleviate stress. And just think if this young nurse had been more connected to herself right. and checked in, did a stop, drop, and breathe, she's more able to go in and help this patient who may be in pain and say, let's do some breathing together. It's huge. Bre huge. Breath is huge in pain control and anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, those are huge issues when uh, patients are in the hospital. Oh, that is a huge issue. Well, just a deep breath can reset the vagus nerve and get you out of just that fight or flight. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I teach meditation in the corporate setting, and we talk about the breath all the time. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And yeah. in, even in an office setting, you know, you're talking about the trauma of, you know, somebody's in pain, somebody's bleeding, somebody's being shot, or some there's some medical trauma. But in the corporate workplace, of course, there's a deadline. I've got a meeting, and I'm right. not prepared. Right. My boss is coming in and, and is angry at me. What do I do? You know, trauma's trauma is trauma. And, and it's a perception. It is a perception, right. isn't it? And your nervous system doesn't differentiate mm -mm. between is a tiger chasing me or is this the deadline right. that I have next week, <laughs> right? I'm reacting, my body's right. reacting the same way. Right. And so you're absolutely right, you know. It responds the same way. Mm -hmm. And so some of the tools are the same. You know, we can stop, drop, and breathe Absolutely. before a meeting, right. you know, before, you know, turning in a report or right. while writing a report, right? So many of these, in the corporate setting, so many of these um, decisions and stressors can be arbitrary. Mm -hmm. There are things that we set on ourselves and even at home. Right. You know, exactly. like, oh my God, I didn't get something for dinner or I forgot to sit mail that card or something like this. So many of these things are, are, can be self-imposed. Right. And so, you know, these techniques can help in so many different ways. But for the medical community, I mean, your book talks about this is a healthcare crisis. That's the healthcare crisis that I see mm -hmm. because I lived it. Yes. And, and it affected me. Uh, you know, I was working as a nurse, 12 hour shifts. I was working part time. And I had my business. So for about eight of those years, I did both things. Um, really, uh, unreasonable schedule that, you know, most people couldn't keep. But so many of my coworkers had other jobs. Right. Or busy families. Right. Or things that we kept up with. Or we did extra shifts. Yeah. And I was, I was guilty of that. Always picking up an extra shift um, until I got to the point my father passed away. And I had to go to New Mexico to uh, the services and all that. When I came back after my four days of bereavement, um, and I got on the floor and got report, and I found myself not wanting to go into the rooms because oh. my patients were really ill. I worked on a renal transplant unit. Wow. So these people were sick, and it was way too fresh. Yeah. You know, they were my father's age couple of them, one of them had been put on palliative care, and a couple of them were really close to um, the end of their lives, and uh, I realized, I didn't realize until the end of the day, I felt anxious all day and struggled to get through the day, but that night I got home and I found myself sitting on my couch with a box of Famous Amos cookies, just eating mindlessly yeah. and crying. And it occurred to me at that moment that I was too busy to grieve my dad's death. Wow. Uh, so it took a huge realization for me um, to say, wow, this isn't working and I yeah. need to do something else. So I've had the idea of writing a book about our healthcare system and the stress and, and how we were not able to teach people how to be well. So you think about this young nurse, and right. I talked about her being able to help this man through his pain. Right. Um, you know, if we don't know how to get there ourselves, look at all of the opportunities. And this includes first responders, police, firemen. Just think about the, the traumatic situations that they run into. They are tragic situations. And just think, if, if I can't check in with myself, how can right. I help them fully? 
right. checking with themselves. So right. to me, it's, it's, it's utmost urgent that we get to these people and get to corporate America as well, because we're all in that same boat. You know, the healthcare is just, that's been my life, and I'm most, famili- most familiar with that. Um, and, and it is urgent, because I believe that people who are in the system can change the system. That's a very good point. And I think, too, it tends to trickle out. Absolutely. Not necessarily trickle down, but these ideas catch like wildfire. Right. And can be applicable to many situations. Mm -hmm. You know, not just the emergency room or the streets or the ambulance. Right? And having been in situations where I've needed emergency care, where I've been very, very sick, having someone who is present and not exhibiting stress right. is so much more healing and centering. It makes me feel better as a healthcare consumer, right? right? And your patients, of course, are going to respond better if you've had a moment, right. taken a moment, or taken a moment, I should say, because we all have the moment. Right. But if we take the moment right. to check in with ourselves... Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. You know, I'll share another little example with you. I, I broke my leg uh, yes. last spring. I remember that was and, bad. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty significant break. It was broken in three places. And I was sitting in the emergency room, in the room, and my leg had not been splinted or anything. I hadn't been x-rayed, and I was telling them that it was broken for sure, I knew, and it was spasming. And the young nurse that I had um, never checked in with me. All she was, she had her back to me the whole time <sighs> and was doing her, her questions. She had her oh, assessments that wow. she had to do. She, she never looked at me until I asked her to help me. What? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that profound? Wow. But, wow. you know, that's just the way they're trained. You've got to get these things done. And, right. and all of these things that we're doing, the charting that we're, you know, designated to do within a certain amount of time, it's all about covering yourself legally. And it's a sad reality, you know, 25, 30 years ago when I started in healthcare, we still wrote notes in a chart. And you actually looked at your patient, went back, wrote down what you saw. Right. And today it's it's a really different world. It's just so nonstop. And she never caught on that, that she wasn't connecting with me until I was having terrible spasms and I had to really kind of yell out and say, I really need help right now. And then she got scared. <laughs> I might get in trouble. Yeah, where she just realized, right. wow, this person's in distress. You know, oh and I just gosh. come in from a car accident with a broken. So it, it's interesting that, you know, it's a great example of yeah. not being connected to your own self. She was stressed out. I've been stressed out when I've been at work like that. Oh, absolutely. It's hard to be present when you're stressed mm-hmm. out like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the, we, I talked about there are. You know, we can all have stress in our lives. Yep. You, know, you can be a stay-at-home mom and have stress. You can Absolutely. be, a, you know, a receptionist in the company. You have stress. You have, be a medical care worker and you have stress. We all have that, but it's being being present. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but that's. Uh, but I think it's important that we all be, be present and we just know that we can check in, mm-hmm. right? That it's going to affect us in different ways, yeah. right? And so that's kind of my platform. And, and with the book, you know, the book is specifically focused towards... You know, first responders and healthcare workers, but to everyone, it's um, teaching you to recognize how your body responds to stress. Yeah. So then we can create some change. 
It's mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah, and being aware of what your emotions are. Sometimes we don't even know what emotions we're feeling. Right. And then knowing where you're feeling them in your body. In meditation class, you know, we work on the relaxation response, and we talk about how when you're feeling stressed, just notice what your stress response is. Where do you feel it first in your body? And then notice, is it coming from me? Am I picking it up from somebody else? And just having that mindfulness part mm-hmm. of it. Right. Right, and taking that breath. And something about breath um, that I did want to just ask a bit about, and um, you can talk about this as much as you'd like to, but you practice flotrition. Mm-hmm. I know that when I've had flotrition sessions, and I love, we call it flow. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I receive a flow session, it's a breath that I can never seem to take on my own. It's this amazing breath where you feel like your body is just expanding mm-hmm. and just cannot, it's like you, there's no limit. Right. Right. So... Um, I feel like that's important. Is that a part of flow? Is that breath? Well, the part of flow that you're feeling with the breath is is just the perfect example of us being unaware. Yeah, you're unaware that you are doing the bunny breathing. Right. You're, you're unaware of that. I'm a meditation teacher. Right. <laughs> I tell my clients that all the time. It's like this is what I do for a living. Yeah. And it still happens to me. Yeah. Uh, so, it's our stressors. You know. First of all, being aware of what are my stressors, mm-hmm. how am I reacting, and what is that doing to my body? So it's a process. It, it is. It's a process. And that's where I've seen people drop off, like I said earlier, is if we don't have that awareness, it's hard to create change. We can try. We can go through the motions to create change, but it won't last. We'll end up responding in our own, uh, our previous patterns, patterns of reacting to stress. Sure. So flotrition is about connecting to the nervous system directly via the spinal column. And our nervous system consists of our brain and spinal cord. And our spinal cord has spinal nerves that come off of it. This is central control in our body, right? Everything goes through here. It's like the main right. breaker box in your house, oh. in your electrical system, right? right. Everything is routed right. through there. So if you have restrictions along those spinal nerves, when your body creates tension and reacts. So all that communication, those spinal nerves, you know, direct everything to your your respiratory system, to your digestive oh, right. system, to your reproduction system, to muscles, skeletal right. system. So if that gets restricted, then we have restriction not only in movement, mm-hmm. but we have restriction in our physiology, you know, our digestion, our reproduction. So what you're noticing when you when you have flotrition is when your body actually drops tension as a result of this gentle touch along the spinal column, right. maybe a breaker that's turned off. With the gentle touch, that breaker turns back on because our body's amazing. It's so smart. Absolutely. So it knows to do that, drops tension throughout your spinal column, and it can start doing its work. And so you would spontaneously take a nice deep breath. Because your body's getting the message, oh, power down. That's how that works. That's very interesting. And I know it takes a long time to learn flotrition Mm -hmm. and become adept at it. Yeah. So you've been working on it a long time. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. That's just one of the modalities that you practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else do you have in your toolkit? Well, I I do health and wellness coaching. I do some private health and wellness coaching. And then, you know, the big push now is to get out into uh, corporate corporate wellness, mm-hmm. workplace wellness, organizations, you know, where you can get as many people as possible in one room and talk about this. Absolutely. Because it is America's healthcare crisis, in my opinion, is our chronic stress. Yeah, the chronic stress, it does so many things to our body. Yeah, you know, um, this is a statistic from the Centers for Disease Control. 90% of disease in this country is stress-related. I don't doubt it at all. 90%. So, you know, I've been in healthcare a long time, and in those 25 years, the top 10 diseases that we were dying from 25 years ago, they're still the same top 10. Really? They've changed positions a little bit, and there's maybe a new one, and then it gets lung cancer in women. Oh, wow. Um, But they're all pretty much the same, yet we're spending like $3 trillion three and a half trillion dollars in health care. So our spending has uh, quadrupled mm-hmm. 
but we're not changing. Right. And what I've seen is the response to stress. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got to change, change what we're doing. Well, we have to change it on so many different levels as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more systemic than I think that anyone is willing to admit. So our spending, our earning, our, you know, everything in the way that we have things, our society set up. Right. It's right. kind of a badge of honor. It is. Uh, it, and, you know, for lack of a better word, as to how busy am I? It really is. To add is. one more thing. It, you know, like saying no is a bad word. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my corporate jobs, and I will not name names, but um, it was a badge of honor. You know, you come in on Monday, it's like, well, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I was here till 8 o'clock on Friday, then I took a bunch of work home over the weekend. What did you do? Oh, well, I was here until 10 on Friday, and I took a bunch of work home, and I worked all weekend. So it, it was a badge of honor to show how much little private time you had and right. downtime you had. Right. Because you just weren't working hard enough if you didn't. Right. And, you know, when I do uh, workplace wellness or I do lunch and learns, one of the first things uh, during my presentation on uh, Stop the Cycle of Stress, one of the first things I ask mm-hmm. the participants is um, I want you to write down three things that are most important to you in your life. And I don't ask them to share, but I just say write it down and set it aside. Um, and then at the end of the session, after we're talking about stressors and how our body responds to stress, and I ask him to refer back to those three things that are most important to you in your life, and I say, if I followed you around for a week, would I be able to tell what those most important things in your life were? Wow. And what you just said would, you know, exhibit probably not. Because mm-hmm. most people won't say work. Right. Some do. And that's okay. If you enjoy your work, that's fabulous. Right. Um, But most people say it's family, health, spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, where are you spending that time? And so, you know, it's just, we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to connect with ourselves. We need to connect with people around us. You know, we need community. And and we're losing that. We are losing that. Oh, it's so interesting. The last guest that we had on this podcast was Reverend Randy Ficke. Yeah. Yeah, Unity Southeast. And it's all about community. But, um, you know, it used to be where our community was just, was there in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our physical community. But we're having to create it now. Right. Right. And I think social media has contributed to that. Absolutely. Well, electronics in general. Right. Um, how many times have you seen a family sitting at dinner at a restaurant and everybody has their phone? <coughs> exactly. They're not talking. They're not connecting. Um, and then we have right. our computers when we get home. We have our television. We're all we're turned on all the time. All the time. And so really, uh, <coughs> I know of some children, especially high school and middle school, who think that their community is their online game playing. Right. That's not community. And I don't, I think we're probably similar age. I had a community of friends. Absolutely. And we got together. We had to ride our bikes to meet each other. Mm-hmm. And we played games and we solved problems together and we went through things together. Right. These children, it's virtual. It's not, and they're, and they're living through a game. Yeah. Yeah. So what they think is connection, um, sadly, is not. It's a form of connecting. It's a form of, but it doesn't replace the rest of it. Interacting, you know, interacting interacting with real humans. We're missing that. Go (laughs) figure. I know there's also, you know, the the flip flip side in a way that I have friendships on social media that are... Very good friendships, mm-hmm. very real friendships, but we've never met in real life. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah, I took a trip earlier this summer and spent a month in Europe and met some of these people that we've been corresponding with, and it's like, fun. Wow, yeah. right? So there's I'm perhaps good and bad, but I do think overall a sense of community mm-hmm. is needed so much. And I don't know if you're familiar with TVH here in town in Kansas City. Well, it's in the Olathe part of town. Mm-hmm. But they've got a fantastic wellness program, mm-hmm. and um, 
Coach Lucy was a guest on the podcast, and um, she's a full believer in work work well wellness programs, mm-hmm. right? Wellness in the workplace. And then for for companies who have good these good wellness programs, I mean it perhaps is uh, not so altruistic as that because it does affect our bottom line when absolutely our right. employees are healthy, happy, connected, present. Mm-hmm. Right. Just think about mistakes. You know, oh yeah. It, when when we're not present, we're there, we're doing our work, but we're making mistakes because we're not uh, mindful of of what we're doing. I'm not my most alert. Example, the young woman that was taking care of me, you know, had I started developing a blood clot, you know, and, you know, not stabilizing, nobody put ice on the wound, you know, there's nothing wow. done, uh, but it just didn't occur to her, uh, and she's working in an emergency room. So, you know, lots of factors going in there, being trained, and what I've seen, too, in organizations is, you know, the middle and upper management, they're the most stressed out. Absolutely. You know, the ground workers are stressed out. We're physically tired. But the middle management and the people who have to get these people into these places and solve all these fire, you know, put out all these fires. Right. They're too exhausted to recognize, just like this young lady was too exhausted to recognize what was going on right in front of her. They're too exhausted to recognize their employees. So, wow. you know, it, it's at many levels. Um but if we don't have the opportunity to stop and connect to ourselves and figure out what is going on with me, you know, how do we know what we need? Right. And then how do we know our, if our needs are being met if we don't know what our needs are? That's a good point. Am I in control of my yeses and my noes? Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us are not. Or we perceive we are not, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> we think that we're not, but we do have yeah. some level of control, and that's why we have healthcare provided by people rather mm-hmm. than something that's automated, because a person has discretion and can make decisions, mm-hmm. right? Whereas mm-hmm. you know some sort of automated thing will will not. It just has protocols, um, so we can make choices and we can make decisions, but we can also make mistakes. And in the medical field, that's a big deal, right? You make a mistake in the medical field, and it has a lot of ramifications. Right. I would say in in the hospital setting, I, there's statistics in my book, but in healthcare settings, that is one of the biggest expenses are, are medical mistakes. Medical mistakes. No, absolutely. And then the next is probably um, you know absenteeism and um, what is it? Workman's comp you know, oh, injuries sure. on the job. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and sometimes preventable injuries. Absolutely. Just by it's being mindful and aware of what your surroundings are and what's going on, and spills right. and and all kinds of different things. Also, I would imagine in the healthcare field would be you know the physical health of the people working. Right. Right, and for healthcare workers, they see the most stress and um, you know have poor stress responses much of the time. Mm-hmm. I can't help but notice that many in the medical field just don't look healthy. No. No, we're overweight. You know, we're we're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. We're overweight. Um, we are stressed out. We have brain fog. Mm-hmm. We, we have difficulty thinking just because of those things. Um, we're so turned on. But it's such a vicious vicious cycle when we don't sleep well. We grab that caffeine to keep to wake us up, and our body is still in this fight or flight mode because we didn't sleep. It's it's going. We're going to conserve energy. Right. And so when your body's in that state, you crave carbohydrates for quick energy. Right. And so healthcare workers, we're kind of constantly in that state. Man, there's nothing better than a, a handful of um, famous, famous, like, cookies. Yeah, famous, famous cookies or hot tamales at 4 oh, o'clock sure. in the afternoon. Say, right. oh, some sugar is going to give me energy. Yeah. And see, exact opposite. We're just perpetuating that cycle of craving carbohydrates, eating carbohydrates, storing fat. Right, absolutely. And what's usually in the break room? Donuts or Mm -hmm. candy or something like that. And we reach for the caffeine thinking that's going to give us energy, but actually most caffeinated drinks are kind of dehydrating. They sure are. And so what our body needs most of the time is water. Right. And then sometimes we are so busy that we don't even want to drink water Mm -hmm. because then I have to go fill up and then I have to go let it out. Right. Right. And I'm just too busy. Yeah. I remember... Uh, being a pediatric nurse, and I was pregnant my first year as oh. a nurse, and uh, 
you know, you might get a bathroom break at three o'clock in the afternoon because uh, you would just forget right. that you had to. <laughs> so you were so busy. Uh, and it's always a joke that nurses have, you know, bladders, you know, gallon-sized bladders. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it might be, it's nearly the end of my shift and I'm just getting yeah. a bathroom, bathroom break, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, we kind of get into this this mode of my job is so important. I am so important. I am so valuable to this. They cannot do without me for the three minutes it takes to fill up my water and have a bathroom break, right? right? And so I think that, you know, this is yet another thing that we can look at in society. It's like recognizing that, we are humans with bodies that bodies have needs right and we should make that a priority so that we can make the people we're working for and working with a priority as well you know one of the things that i wished for the most when i was a nurse i can remember when we would celebrate nurses week once a year right. and it was always a and they they did wonderful nice things for us but most times what we got every day was some kind of treat yeah kettle corn one day smoothies the next day smoothies that are full of sugar and dairy um but it was always some kind of food or we we would have a pancake breakfast or we got donuts and coffee as we walked into the building uh very nice and thoughtful but i remember thinking you know what i would really like i would just like a real lunch break right i would like to sit and eat my lunch without having to answer my pager right Two or three times, you know, three or four times during my lunch break. Right. And I would like to have a quiet place to eat. Usually in the break room, we have the TV blaring. We have right. everybody's pagers going off. Right. We have the doors opening and closing. Right. Should be a special place in every building, I believe, in every workplace, not just for hospitals and first responders, but a place where you can be quiet. And maybe some lights that you can dim. Dim. Connect to yourself. Yeah. Really let your body have that 20-minute rest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your body's in no condition to eat when it's in that fight-or-flight mode. And so what we're doing when we're eating in that state is we're storing fat. Yeah. Because you don't digest it. Right. So it's huge. Wow. That's just one of my, you know, my big suggestions in my book and is in my wellness program. Right. Is that, you know, to create a space in your workplace for your family that you have that you can go to and say, I'm going to go be quiet. And then have people respect that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's just taking a break. Let's go bug her. Yeah. Right? Let's yeah. go ask her. It's like, I'm sorry to bother you. I just have a quick question yeah. five minutes later. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we used to have one doctor in particular, and he would find out his nurse's names first thing in the morning and because he would find you wherever you were. If you were in a patient's room... He wanted you to help him with his problem. If you were in the lunchroom, he would go in there and he would find you. But he would find out your name. <laughs> so he could at least call you by name. Yeah. But he, he, the reason he did that is that he wanted to know where you were when oh. he wanted his question. And bless his heart, he struggled with anxiety. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. I think this is a real need because, you know, we go, the people in the service industry, the people who are servers, people who are helpers, in the medical field, uh, in the wellness field, you know, we we are full of anxiety. We want to help. We want to serve. We mm-hmm. we take people's stuff on. It's so important to have that self-care aspect. Right. But we're the last ones to give that to ourselves. Exactly. Right? And and it's a learned behavior. You know, we, we learn. You know, um, I left nursing for a year. I think it was before I finally left for a year, a few years back. And then I ended up going back. And when I went back to interview, I went up to this floor, and it was the strangest sensation. As I walked up onto the unit, my my reaction was to go and hang up my purse in the break room and start working. It was just, it was just an automatic response. Right. I, I I kind of laughed at myself, and then I thought, well, wow, that is sad, because I've been away for a year. Right. But it was just automatic. I was a robot. I got in there, and I was just wow. going for an interview. <laughs> right. So, you know, we have to learn how to get ourselves out of that state, and that's what I do in my wellness program. That's wonderful. We talk about awareness, and then we talk about uh, starting to create little practices 
you know, small changes to create, you know, lasting change, or small changes to create, you know, uh, awareness mm-hmm. that you can take with you all the time. And not just in the workplace. Right. And remember that you have control. We do. We have mm-hmm. control. So if somebody wanted to get your book, for example, where would they go to get your book? Uh, you can get my book on my website, which is spiritofnamaste.com. Okay. And you can also get it uh, through Amazon. Right. And it's also available uh, as uh, Kindle. Um, so wonderful. You yeah. yeah, you're wonderful. Excellent. And it looks like it's a um, you know, a pretty quick read too. It is. So this is this is really great. And then um, did you get it produced here in town? Yeah, I I am the publisher. You are the publisher. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so um, my printer is a Vervante. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, you sent me the link. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's got a nice write up on the back. So this is a I think it's going to be a very important book, and I would really love for it to be required reading. Yeah, yeah right? that would be great. Right, for medical schools, nursing mm-hmm. schools, um, EMS, first responders. Absolutely, police. police academy, absolutely. You know, have a copy of this in every break room, right? rather than a tray of donuts yeah. in every break room. Right. I think that would be wonderful. So spiritofnamaste.com. The book, again, is America's Real Healthcare Crisis, um, addressing the cost of chronic unmanaged stress afflicting our hospitals, clinics, and first responders. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. It was really interesting. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.